The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to A Guided Life Podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Follow me on Facebook at GuidedWest11, on Instagram at GuidedWest, and on Twitter at LauraWest111. I also have a website at www.laurawest.net where you can download a free guide on how to meet your own spirit guides. My book, Guided, is available on Amazon and it's about soul teams, intuition, mediumship, and spiritual tools such as oracle and tarot cards, crystals, pendulums, and so much more. My guest today is Tony Riley. Now, Tony is a best-selling author, Australia's number one internationally recognized past life specialist, the founder of the Tony Riley Institute, and the creator of Soul Life Coaching. Hi, Tony. Thanks for being here today. Hi, Laura. Thanks for having me. I'm excited for our discussions today. Yes, me too. So I like to talk to my guests ahead of time before actually recording. And I just remember, Tony, with you, I just really felt like I hit it off. I loved your energy and got really excited about the things that you had to share. So very excited to talk with you today. Yes, gonna be fun. All right. So Tony, there are many amazing things that I would love to talk to you about. But what captured me was the Australia's number one internationally recognized past life specialist. Can you share what that is? What that is, it's a bit of a broad term, but for the last two decades, I have been working with people with past lives. So what it started out as past life regression. And through that work, working with people, I've got to record and research and document all of the cases that I've heard. So what started out as past life regression went so much further because people would go to other places and go what I term home, so the soul life realm I call it, but home, and also in between lives. So over this course of time, I got to experience so much of the afterlife, I guess we can call it, with thousands of people and students. And also, of course, I've done this myself because I feel like a really important part of this is it's not a philosophy. For me, it's not a belief. Well, I suppose it is, but it's that I've been there myself. So I can understand how they're feeling when they describe it to me. And I also understand that nobody can convince you otherwise yeah. because it's not made up. It's a thing. It's a thing that goes on for you in your mind and in your heart, in your system. So that's a bit of a, a description of past life specialists, past life and reincarnation specialists, but so much information to be discovered there for any individual to make now better always actually is always for now. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. So can you share maybe some interesting cases that you experienced? Like, was anybody able to actually validate some of their experiences? Yeah. Look, I don't know, do research or whatever? Yes. Yeah. So 
over the course of time, my interest was always the therapeutic value of it. So to me, it didn't matter if it could be validated because it fixed their symptoms. But of course, as time goes by and there's all of these case studies, many of them have been able to verify them. And some of them can be verified really strongly with detail because we have the internet now, which is, of course, the most mm-hmm. a big blessing for researching. Yeah. But some of the verification might be that the client has seen themselves in a certain style of clothing or they do get information. We get the year sometimes and we know what country they're in and what place. So from that, they can do research. But, of course, there's times where there's, I call it modern war, but there's certain things in history where there's literally a lot of documentation. So if anyone has been in modern war where there was documentation, we can get their full name and, of course, all the details of what they recall in the regression and they can go and research it. So there's been research done for soldiers in Gallipoli. That was one of the first ones that was verified and down to the name that was came up on the records and it was very exciting. So that was a long time ago now. But over the course of time, there's been so many of them that have been able to be verified. It's, it, I, had, I think wow. for the person who experiences it, to be able to verify it, it's pretty cool. I think because it's going on in your mind when you're recalling, it's really still nice to have that human validation that you didn't make it up. Oh, yeah. You go on and say, whoa, this did happen in history. Or sometimes actually what happens in the regression is even more, much more detailed and, dare I say, probably even more accurate sometimes than what's recorded in history. Sure, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) especially if you've lived it. (laughs) Yeah. So, yes, some of them are verified. Wow, that's really incredible. So doing the part of the regression where the person or even if you have traveled to the other side, is there anything interesting that you learned about the other side that you wanted to share? Oh, my goodness. I could share so much about the other side. Oh, good. (laughs) I actually am in the process of writing a book about it because I would love for all people to be able to access that with ease. It's so special. I think probably, probably the most important thing that happens when people travel over there Actually, it's much like a near-death experience, but I think that's just a way that some people go there. Sure, sure. But I think probably the most important thing that people experience is this this feeling of unconditional acceptance and love Mm. and belonging and probably the biggest thing that comes from it, no matter what physical, emotional or mental symptoms are addressed is people lose the fear of death. And across humanity, it's predominantly one of the biggest fears that we have, even if we're not conscious of it. It's lying there. It's kind of everyone's wanting to live longer and not sure what's going to happen on the other side. It's beautiful from the moment we leave our body. Actually, even in the lead up to leaving the body and 
nurses who work with end of life, they will all verify this, is that there's a little calling to come and there's an ease that happens to our humanness that we're off. We're going home and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I think maybe one thing that I would love to say is there's a whole lot of, Mm. I call it speculation because in my research it doesn't exist. When a soul leaves their body, they go directly home. They know where they're going. There's no, no one's getting stuck anywhere. No one's doing time here. No one's paying back for this, what they did here on the planet. They're going straight back to the all-encompassing soul energy. It's beautiful. So I found it really interesting when you mentioned that these nurses had shared that patients would mention like a pull to the other side. And of course, like a piece that came with that too. That is really interesting. And maybe it's the same, maybe not. I did a life between lives regression session myself end of last summer. It was really, really cool. And I remember when I got to the part where I left my past life and entered the other side, the entering of the other side was really interesting because it was like I was being pulled <laughs> like at a 45 degree angle up to the universe. And the closer I got to this speck of bright white light that got bigger and bigger and bigger, the faster I went towards it. It was almost like a slingshot or like a rubber band or something. It was crazy. So I wonder, I mean, that's a little bit deeper in in the process of crossing over. That's not like I'm still in my physical. I was definitely out of my physical by then and there was no going back to it. But there was definitely a tug and a pull and I just felt like I was going, I think I said speed of light, like so fast. Yeah a tug. (laughs) And Laura, that's pretty much when people go in between, which is essentially once, once they've passed over, it's like that you speed off. (laughs) You're like, can't wait. It's incredible. I guess if people haven't experienced this themselves, it potentially sounds so weird, but it's so hard to articulate in our terms, isn't it? Yeah. the feeling of it's like, wow. Yeah. And it's yeah, almost it was like your so, body is so, 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 weird. so still. <laughs> You're right. I can't explain it otherwise. In a way. And when I You're got to the white the light, it was like, <laughs> I mean, I've yeah. seen it in movies like this special effect where it's almost like a whoosh, And then it was silent. It was almost no. like the white space. It was like a vacuum. No sound. It's completely silent. Still, yes. Oh, yes. Really? <laughs> no sound. No. No sound at all whatsoever, but it did feel like an in-between space. I remember saying that. I remember feeling that. It wasn't the other side completely. It was like, you get to visit a little bit, but this is as far as you get to go. That's what it felt like. I think this space that you describe and from what I've observed is perhaps what we would term that in-between space because when we're reincarnating, it's humanified, I'm saying, in there, but I do believe that's so that we as humans can comprehend it. But there is that space in between. Beyond that, it's silent and basically nothing but the most beautiful nothing, indescribable. But yes, in the in-between space, I think there's things that we can feel and discover and potentially even see guide energy, soul groups, these kinds of things in that in-between stage. And I think that people see it or feel it or sense it as they need to, as they need to understand it as the person that they are now. But it's special no matter what. Yes, I'm sure. Gosh, 
What an incredible experience for many people. That's where my guide came to visit me and met me there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. What are some other things that people have shared or that you've experienced yourself about the other side having visited during regression sessions? A few things that I really love to talk about, probably because they are a bit taboo and have been throughout the course of humanity. But one thing is, no matter how we die, we are going back to the purest place because everything that happens here on earth is the human experience. And once we leave, we're back to purity. So all of anything that's happened or been taught to us through cultural beliefs or religious indoctrination, it really doesn't exist there. So when people die by suicide, for example, there's so much fear about it and misunderstanding, but really it's another way to go. And I think one of the other things that I am absolutely certain of is our lives, our individual lives are planned, the end date, everything that happens in between and also when we're going. And I think some people get upset about that and they're like, but we have free will, but even will is part of the human experience. And I think we need to believe and feel that we have this control. So it's okay, but really no matter what decisions we make or don't make, and if we feel regret for not making them, or whoa, what if I made that decision? There's a sliding door moment. Well, you are only ever going to make the decision that you made or didn't make. So it's almost like stop wondering and just search for the deeper meaning for why did you go in that direction? Particularly, I think, when people experience harshness, heartache, they get hurt, then they think they're off path. And it's like, oh, you never are. You're never mm. off path. I think it's a bit of a harsh truth. But when we accept it and go, oh, okay, what was in this for me? Then we can quickly reel ourselves back in and I think accept that we're we're having a human yeah. experience and every aspect of it is it's really a positive thing in that it's it's attributing to our growth as a person. And you know what through harshness is wisdom. That's the result. The result of grief. The other thing I discovered grief is one of the most important experiences that we will have on this planet. It catapults mm, us into mm-hmm. wisdom. That's my short version and it's a horrible experience or it just is. It's a hard experience and it can go on for a long time. But at the end, we come out wiser and different. There's so many things up there that simplify what we're doing here. Those are my discoveries. Oh, I absolutely love it. And I love the different perspectives on things and putting it out there. Maybe it is taboo, but I'm sure there are people out there who are like, yes, that's what I've been trying to say, or that's what I feel inside. And so it really can help validate a lot of people who maybe don't feel the same as popular opinion or anything like that, because I think it's important to have these conversations. Absolutely. So I'm curious, do you have a spirit guide that you work with? I would love to talk about this, Laura. I'm just, the short and sharp answer is yes. Something else I've discovered from all of this research 
and going myself, I believe the energy of our spirit guide and potentially a lot of the energies that we encounter over there, even though they're, well, they're us in different incarnations, it's all almost part of our soul. And I think that's why the draw and the understanding of our guide energy is so beautiful for anyone, for anyone who gets to experience that energy of their guide. But yes, mine appears as male energy. Often they're not male or female, it's androgynous, but mine appears, can I say, very cliche (laughs) as the most beautiful man with long hair and he has a robe that they still wear in Egypt, those sort of dresses that the men wear. He wears one of those and he has a beard, a grey beard and grey hair and the kindest eyes. So that's what mine appears like. I know that everybody has a different guide energy, the way they look, the way that they are, but they're all supportive of us. So it's a beautiful thing to feel like you can call on that energy. How did you meet your guide or how did you see your guide? How do you know what he looks like? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Before I got into past lives, actually, I did consider myself very mainstream before, but I was a little bit introduced to readings. And I remember going for a reading and I heard about the guide energy. I didn't really know about it. But what happened for me is I was meditating and I saw him came in my meditation and it was also cliche. A lot of people describe something very similar. But I'm, you know, walking along in the beautiful flowers Hmm. in this surreal garden and I sit on this bench with my guide. That's what he looked like. And I could so just cry now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, I saw him and I was so fascinated back then about my friends and my family and I was just hell-bent on researching so I'd ask them all about it. And my friend that I met as a teenager, my life changed from that. She saw the same one. I just got chills. sorry. I don't even know why. Um, (laughs) Because it's amazing. That's why it's amazing. (laughs) I haven't talked about this in so long, but it was a discovery. When my friend said she'd seen an identical experience on the chair, you know, and he looked the same. And I thought, wow, this is really interesting. And soul groups and who are we incarnating with this time? So that was a bit of my introduction to the guy. But Laura, one other thing I'd love to tell you is Please, yeah. it only happened once. I was eyes open, lying in bed, and I saw him with my open eyes. It was like a grey real life face and the same size as a human face. And he was there above my bed, just his face. And it was like, oh, wow, so special. Oh, so, yeah. That is so special. That didn't scare you? <laughs> no, it wasn't scary. Oh, good. You know, by that time that I actually saw him with my eyes open, I was quite a long way into this and it always felt comforting oh, for me. Any spirit energy around me feels comfortable. Oh, good. But I must say I still get like oh, in awe of it. <laughs> I'm still in awe of it when things move or I might see something. It's still wow to me. <laughs> 
even after all this time. Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. I also can remember around that time I was going through a lot at that time. It was probably in my period of grief. I was. And I remember my mum saying to me, because I can talk to her about all this, she had to tell me that my guide – my God, had been in her bedroom and she'd seen him in this same way with his face in this kind of grey and smoky looking. And she said, he said to tell you, and it was some very simple message. I think it might have been, I had a picture drawn of him at a festival. Yeah, yeah. And it looked like what I had seen, what this woman had drawn. And I had him in the cupboard. <laughs> no. Anyway, mum said, the guide came and said, get his picture out of the cupboard. <laughs> so, I did. <laughs> Yeah. So um, anyway, that was so long ago now. I haven't talked about that in ages. But anyway, I believe it all because you can feel that it's real. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's so amazing. I had something similar happen where I had already met my guide in a dream a long time ago. So I already knew what he looked like. And I've kind of known since how he's meant to appear to me. And I had a good friend of mine she did a shamanic journey for me. And she usually travels to like the animal realm uh, because I was going through some things like some anxiety and stuff. So she wanted to kind of investigate that for me. And she said that normally human looking entities don't show up in her journeys. But in this case, at the beginning of hers, one did. And it was a man. And she was able to describe to me what he looked like. And she says, and I think your guide's name's Jason, right? And I, you know, I was like, yeah, that's, that's my guide's name. And she, when she described what he looked like, I told her, I said, I need to show you a picture. I had somebody paint him for me and I showed it to her and she said, oh, that's him. <laughs> I was like, ah, and it's just like, even though I have known my guide since I was like, I don't know, 18 or something. That's when I dreamt about him. Here we are now over 20 years later, and it still gave me goosebumps and chills and like overwhelming, loving feeling of excitement and emotion because it was like, oh, like you're still here. (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't know what it is. It could be so overwhelming. So how you had mentioned that even though all this time goes by and I still have all these experiences, every time it's still just as amazing as the first. And I think that's a way to maybe validate that okay, this is spirit. This has nothing to do with me because I didn't make this up, right? It's just, oh, it's just so incredible. Oh, I love when stuff like that happens. And you got to see with your physical eyes. Yeah, That's like my goal. <laughs> just once, just once with the guide. Yeah. Oh, Laura, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to tell you. Please. I also wanted to see with my eyes. Um, this is more, I guess, mediumship oriented than the past lives, but Ultimately, it's all interconnected. Mm, true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> and I thought, I want to see them with my open eyes because so many of my students and clients can. And I've been to Arthur Finley College many times years ago in London where, of course, a lot of them also yeah. can see with their open eyes. And I thought, oh, I want to see with my open eyes. Well, that only happened for me in the last 
probably two years ago. And um, my mom used to say, just once in a blue moon, she would say someone was at the end of her bed, always at the end of the bed. <laughs> There'd be someone and she would think it was me yeah, or my brother yeah. or, or whatever you would think. And of course, she'd open her eyes and it was not. And she would say, oh, you know, I saw someone. There were no one that she knew. Well, about two years ago, someone was standing at my bed. And it's so funny because you're sound asleep and it's like you are told to open your eyes. You open your eyes and there they are. And it's your bed, for goodness <laughs> sake. You're not expecting someone in your room. <laughs> and I remember when I saw this boy there, he was probably a 15-year-old boy. And I literally went, oh, because I wasn't expecting someone standing there, but he was as dense as we are right now. I could see him. And the moment I opened my eyes, and especially when I went, he was gone, but I still couldn't remember what he looked like. And it happened one other time. Same thing, middle of the night, maybe a year later, and this girl was standing over my bed looking at me. I don't know who she was. I don't recognise her as a past relative or anything like that, but but there she was standing looking over me. But, again, I saw her with my open eyes. Yes, okay. (laughs) But, of course, she vanished as well. At the moment, I went, oh! (laughs) I wonder if it has to do with that sleep-awake state. You know, I think it might have something to do with that. What do you think? What are your theories on why that is? The sleep, I think when we're asleep, none of our humanness is going on. It's not. We are resting. So whether past over spirits can contact us in our dreams, whether our soul can contact us in our dreams, is because we're quietened down. But I do think when your eyes are open, you're most definitely, well, out of it. It's truly your subconscious there. But when you open your eyes, you know, you know that you're literally, you're back here, this person with your eyes wide awake. (laughs) I found it so cool. So it's so funny that you're like, it's always at the end of the bed because I have an end of the bed (laughs) story too. (laughs) So I I was sleeping and then I woke up (laughs) and there was a woman standing at the end of my bed in front of my dresser, which is against the wall on the far side of the bed. And she was standing there and I was a little bit scared. Like I actually wanted to like close my eyes and wait for her to go away. But I was like, no, I want to engage. I don't want to be scared. I want to see what comes of this, right? Nothing to be scared of. And there was nothing to be scared of. Um, So then I asked her what her name was and she gave me a name. And then I asked her why she was there. And she said, I don't know. And then she disappeared. (laughs) Yeah. So either she was astral traveling or she was just crossed over. I mean, who knows? It could be anything, but it was just, it was wild. It was wild. Interesting. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if even the purpose of them being there at the end of the bed is literally for us, maybe because we're already very completely open, but I think maybe when other people are not and they need to be, then they might literally see something or they're given an experience in their dream or maybe even not in their dream, they come and have a past life or a between life or whatever it is. And we get, okay, here we go. You're involved in this side of things now. (laughs) Undeniable. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I would love to be able to see things more with my physical eyes. I've been catching more glimpses of things I've noticed, seeing more 
aura too. Like uh, if you like kind of, you know, wave your hand and how you could see it kind of trail and stuff. I've been picking up on that more. So I'm being open to the experiences and allowing things to come in the time they're meant to. Because my guide knows if it's too much too soon, I just will get scared. (laughs) I'm a scaredy cat. Yeah. They're going to feed it at the pace. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Though I think a lot of people say all of this stuff's happening mediumship wise. And they're like, but I don't want it. It's like, oh, you're probably going to have to embrace it. (laughs) Eventually. (laughs) It's part of some people's path. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I know people can shut it off, right? Because I've heard people do that. But I feel like it, it always comes back around somehow. <laughs> It'll come back around. Yeah, they yeah. might get a little a snippet. This is what you're doing. They'll embrace <laughs> it at some point. I think a huge part of yeah. being involved in these realms, whether it's working in it or just the fact that so many people are sensitive to it, which is a beautiful thing, but I think finding people in your inner realms that you, even just one person that you can talk to about it, that you can say with complete openness and ease when things happen, you know, anything, oh, I saw a feather today or this happened, that happened. It makes you feel like you belong somewhere and that you're not the only one when you can find your find your people and it's not strange at least it's not strange to those who've been exposed to it and who are really sensitive to it yeah not strange at all in fact we get very excited (laughs) over you found a penny today like oh my god that's amazing Um, (laughs) we get very excited over those little things actually some of those signs that the passed over loved ones send (laughs) I mean to see a coin now I'm not sure in the US as much but in Australia we barely have money anymore a lot of it's your Apple Pay on your phone Mm. is almost no money and people still they're finding five cent pieces and things and it's even more out of the ordinary <laughs> more special yeah it's a wonderful thing yeah oh that's so that's so yeah. amazing wonderful reassurance yes. for people yeah yeah laura there's something on it's coming into my mind so i'm going to <laughs> say it to please, you please we're going back to past lives now i recently started on tiktok and one of the videos that i put on there it went viral actually that's an extraordinary thing too but the video was Seven signs your child's been your mother in a past life. Oh, man. It's filled with thousands of mums who jump on there and they say, my son said this to me when he was three. Or this is my daughter. She said this when she was two. Thousands of mums. And it seems like most of them, I mean, obviously, when you have your bonds with your kid, then there's really no question. But it made me so... happy I suppose because these people felt so good about maybe having having assurance that it's not only their child validation validation (laughs) but it was also really beautiful to read so many of predominantly it was mums who said what their little kids had said to them sometimes a granny oh my granddaughter grandson said this to me but so cute yeah yeah, validation. Yes, and I think that that's really great that it just shows that more and more people are 
open to the idea of reincarnation and soul yeah. families and things like that. I'm sure that I know to be true and I and you too, Tony, with the work that you do, that we know it to be true. So yeah. I think that that's also really exciting. I'm going to have to find you yes. on TikTok. Yes. So we'll make sure to, to add that in the show notes so people can see because... I- <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. At Soul Life Zone is the handle. Okay. Yeah, it's awesome. really going well. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so, Tony, to help wrap up our interview today, I just wanted to ask, do you have any parting words of wisdom for the viewer or anything else that you've kind of been dying to share with the viewer before we go today? Oh, Laura, I have not planned this, but I feel like one of the most important things that I feel changes us forever is getting to know and like ourselves as the person that we are. So I guess it's self-awareness, but as a human person, to know who you are and to like your attributes and your character because you can't change it is the most beautiful thing. And it's, I feel like it opens the pathway to connecting with your soul and trusting your intuition. If we could all learn to trust our intuition, it helps us so much live through our insecurities more easily because we're all born to work through them we all come with stuff stuff that's what I'm going to call it but we all come with insecurities and life circumstances that will ensure we really feel them and endure them but if we start to like ourselves get to know your key traits key characteristics you'll discover that you're awesome and you can begin to also learn to trust your intuition that's my biggest advice for making life better trust your intuition it can be hard extra hard for some and easier for others but when you do you just feel so much at ease with everything that happens in our lives oh that's so wonderful tony thank you for those amazing parting words of wisdom i really appreciate you and thank you so much for your time and sharing your time with myself with the viewers and i just i had a lot of fun with you today so thank you Thanks for having me, Laura. And that was another episode of A Guided Life Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, love and light always. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.